since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too good to be true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains, like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety. I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Hello and welcome to the Real Sober Mom Chats on the Sober Mom Life podcast. You guys know these stories are near and dear to my heart. These are stories from women who are in the Sober Mom Life community, in the Sober Mom Life Cafe, and for a lot of them, it's the first time telling their story. These are real moms. It's like the real housewives, but without the booze. Don't forget, if you want to share your story, come and join us. We now have two options for memberships. We have the Sober Mom Life community. For $5.95 a month, you get to connect with sober and sober curious women all day long in the chat and in the feed. And then you also get access to our Tuesday peer support Zoom meeting at 11 a.m. Central. 
and also the cafe. The cafe is $25 a month and you get so many meetings. You get access to eight weekly peer support meetings plus our monthly book club. You get your own feed and chat where you get to connect with the ladies. You also get to go on things like the retreat with us that's coming up at the end of February and just so many other amazing things. Come and join us. We would love to have you and enjoy the Real Sober Moms. Jay, welcome to the Sober Mom Life and the Real Sober Mom Chats. Yay. Yes, thank you. Okay, I'm excited to hear your story. Before we talk about where you are in sobriety and what's going on now, let's go back. Let's talk about alcohol. Where does it start for you? Yeah. Well, so I'm from New England. I'm from a really small town in New England. And like its catchphrase is, you know, we're a drinking town with a fishing problem, right? So one of those. So all of your Midwest stories where it's just in the culture, I totally understand that. Yeah. What state is it? Massachusetts. Okay. Okay. And, you know, I remember my parents always drank every, like they were daily drinkers, but I never recall seeing either of them drunk ever. Okay. So it was just always a glass of wine at dinner, always a beer at dinner, but I never saw, you know, binge drinking. I never, they, I've never, I don't think I've ever really maybe once or twice I've seen either of them over consume. Okay. So that's interesting. So it it wasn't like you didn't feel unsafe, like alcohol was kind of present, but it wasn't this scary kind of unsafe feeling. Okay. That's interesting. Totally. It was just what you do to unwind at the end of the day. Yes. And I remember having my first sip of Miller Lite when I was like five or something, you know, like in the old, in the old can that now they brought back, you know? Yes. Yeah. So that was kind of childhood. I remember my first time drinking actually besides like sneaking like peppermint schnapps into a smoothie, like when I was in (laughs) a milkshake. Well, I got milkshake. <laughs> okay. Yes. Peppermint schnapps. You said that and I immediately got a headache. I'm like, oh, my head. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but like my first time actually drinking, we I remember I was a freshman in high school and it was this group of, you know, sophomores and there were a couple of us who were freshmen and handing around a bottle of like, well, Captain Morgan's in an empty bottle of Mountain Dew. Like, so it wasn't even in the, it was like stolen from the house or something. And you're just taking sips of it. And it's just so disgusting. Like, absolutely. I don't even remember if there was a chaser. Yeah, it was just gross. And that first time someone actually got alcohol poisoning. Oh, no. I mean, they were okay. They were okay. Okay. Yeah. Everyone left. I ended up staying with him. I had known this kid since I was like, born. Oh. Everybody ran and and panicked. I, I was like one of the only ones that stayed while well, his parents and his brother came. And, you know, my parents, you know, I always got in less trouble if I told the truth. Right. So like they were super proud of me for like doing that and like helping. And, and that ended up happening a, a couple of times wow. where like I went, I was around someone who like, they were, you know, unconscious and like foaming at the mouth and I would stay and like, it was right terrifying yeah but also it was just like that's what we did in high school were there any like conversations afterwards like with your parents or with the adults being like hey this is what that was this is kind of why let's talk about or just kind of this was the the time when we just didn't talk about it kind of the time we didn't talk about it my mom didn't drink in high school my dad definitely did and I knew that and so you know my dad would be like 
the next morning, you know, handing me like Listerine strips, be like, you get me in trouble when you come home. Like kind of joking, just like cover it up better. Right. Like, so not like let's talk about like w- how we feel about alcohol, but like how are we no. going to do this better? Like in a more orderly fashion. Come yes. on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then they couldn't really say anything also because I was still making a good decision. Right. Like I'm proud of you. You stayed with your friend who was like <laughs> going to die of alcohol poisoning. You did the right thing. And then it's like, but wait, yeah. <laughs> like should we zoom out? Totally. Yeah. Um, I think I also had the installation that my dad, it's a, again, a small town. My dad was this really well-known firefighter whose best friend was the police chief. Ooh, so I felt yeah. really kind of protected. So I think, you know, I also had that like layer of insulation, I think. But I remember by my senior year of high school, me and a friend, like another girlfriend being proud that the two of us could split a 30 pack of Bud Light. Wow. Yes. Yes. Like a badge of honor. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, and now you look back and you're like, holy shit, that's a lot like that. <laughs> yes. Disgusting. Yeah. And gross. Yeah. I went to college in the Midwest. I went to college in Ohio, went to Miami of Ohio. And, you know, typical college party school, right? Like a lot of frats, a lot of drinking, all that stuff. The grossest thing I remember is like when I would be hungover going to class, if I went out on like a Thursday when I like was too hungover and coffee didn't appeal to me, I mixed Red Bull with orange juice. And that's what I would walk oh, to class yeah. in for like the caffeine and like the sugar, like, and it worked. But now thinking back, I'm like, oh, you're like, how can I make this Red Bull yeah. sweeter? Like, like how and can my I roommates would be like, that's disgusting. And I'm like, oh, yeah. uh, it worked. Yes, totally. Yeah. College, a, a lot of question marks for me too. Like what? Yeah, Your brain, totally. like it's very yeah. clear. Our brains just weren't fully formed yet. Right. Yeah. Totally. And then, yeah, just more binge drinking. And then I think moved to California, um, right after college and kind of still just like the area that I moved to in San Diego was just such a party area that it felt like college continued. Yes. And, you know, still a lot of binge drinking, right? Just a lot of like weekends and parties and bars and stupid decisions and a lot of stuff. Never really examined it. It's just, you know, you don't think twice about it. You just think it's like what you do. I didn't think anybody else was doing anything different because no one around me was doing anything different. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And then... Yeah, twenties and thirties kind of tamed down, and then it was it was kind of transitioned to mirror my parents, right? Like, yeah, you know, I'll be forty in a week and a half. Oh, <laughs> um, happy early can, birthday! I know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I can count, you know, on probably two hands from like twenty five until now, or until I stopped last year, how many times I was drunk. Like, I, I never it been like it kind of just went away, but I continued this pattern of like unwinding at the end of the day with a glass of wine or, or a beer or something. What do you think changed like from the binge drinking to like, okay, that period of my life is done and now I'm going to drink quote unquote, like an adult or, or like my parents did. Yeah. I think it was just lifestyle. Like I moved out of that party town. I got a job was working and I was in grad school right before I got married. So I got married at tw- in 2012. So like, yeah, 2011, 2012, 
I was working almost full time, like 32, 36 hours a week. I was in grad school full time and I had a practicum for my like a free into like an internship for 24 hours a week. So I like I had an Excel spreadsheet that like documented every single hour of every single day, including yoga, including fun. No room. No room for it. Yeah. And just, yeah, it just shifted. And, you know, I probably need to take that back. There's more than 10 times that I got drunk (laughs) since like 25. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, fine, I'll use my feet too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it really did shift. It changed its purpose. Yes. Right. The goal wasn't to go out and like just get shit faced and right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It was to unwind. It was to relax. And it was, you know, less of, I had a group of solid friends that I didn't feel like I needed that like social lubricant, right? Like to just lose all inhibition. Right. Yeah. So I did a bunch of cleanses, you know, or challenges where I would take 21 days off and not drink or, you know, 30 days. Or I think that was before like dry January was a thing. It was like, you know, but, um, I, was examining it. And I'm like, Ooh, that feels good to not be on. And then just, okay, just, you just start right back up again after the you're like, I, 21 days. You're like, I right? really like, enjoyed okay. that break from alcohol. All right, get back to yeah. it. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> totally. And then got pregnant and had my daughter when I was 34. She was born in 2018. Pregnancy was like such a highlight of my life. I, mm. like it was, I felt so good. I really am one of those people that is so annoying and was like, I had the glow and I had more energy aside from the first trimester. And I, you know, just felt so in love with the whole process and didn't miss drinking at all. And I totally understand why you say pregnancy doesn't count because it doesn't. But then looking back last, like in this past year, I'm like, wait, was that because I wasn't drinking? Like, did it feel so good? Because it was it the hormones? Like, what was it? Wondering how much of a significance actually not drinking had in that presence and that joy. And I think there's more of it than I thought. Yeah. And then we just, you were just like, oh, well, it's obviously because I'm growing a human and the hormones and the, exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And then she was born and I, you know, slowly I, it took a while for me to kind of get my taste back for it. But, you know, after time, it just kind of creeped back in and, you know, ended up looking like it did before where the end of the day or when the witching hour came, right. When, you know, when you're just exhausted, we do a lot of travel. We bought a van, like one of like a sprinter esque van when um, my daughter was two months old and we built it out. And so we, did a ton of awesome road trips, Ugh, for like hiking. And- that always sounds amazing to me. Like that sounds incredible. Was it, was it amazing? And it was, yeah, it was amazing in that, you know, like you just set up camp and you have a glass of wine and it just the habits that you tie in the relationship that you tie to different things and processes is totally yeah, it's just and just mindless right you're not it's not even like totally. you're making the decision you're like well the, no this is just what we're doing exactly yeah and then when covid hit my anxiety skyrocketed i was prescribed zola for the first time yeah 
Um, I've always had anxiety, but I've been able to manage it. And it just, you know, skyrocketed with COVID. My daughter was 18 months old at that time. And I you so know, was trying to work from home and be with her and, you know, all the stuff that we know that we went through as moms during that time. Yes. So drinking kind of increased, not, oh, not a lot, not like alarmingly, but just like maybe it happened earlier or instead of having one, I would have two, right? Like just gradually creeping in and like creating new habits also right which I think that's how I look at my drinking is just like a habit Um, I could have one and but then I'd be so the the shame that I would feel after having one would be the same as it would be of having more because like why did I even have that one like why did I have to have that one when I didn't even feel it it doesn't even make a difference like why okay I love that you said the shame's the same because that was at the end, that was the same for me that I, I was like, oh, it doesn't matter if I'm getting, if I'm blacking out or if I have one, like the shame that I feel in my bones is the same. And so, yeah, like what was your perspective on alcohol at the time? Like, did you connect it to your anxiety at all? No, I looked at it like I'm so anxious. I need to have it. Like I, I the drink will calm me down. Yeah. Like, and that was a, it was one of the coping skills in my arsenal of dealing and coping with my anxiety. And was the, the prescriber for Zoloft, which I'm on Zoloft too. Hey, team Zoloft. Mm -hmm. Um, did they ask anything about alcohol or like what's the alcohol use or like any sort of information about it? I think I lied. I think I minimized it. Right. Like, yeah, I'll have a couple of weeks. And then they're like, cool. No more questions. Moving on. Yeah. Pretty typical. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not on Zoloft anymore, which is a really cool thing. So, not that's that amazing. It's not good to be on it, but it's also, you know, I kind of graduated. There are days where I'm like, oh, I should be, but. <laughs> no, that's amazing. And I, I'll clarify, I'm not on it for generalized anxiety anymore because I don't have anxiety, which is even just bananas to say I'm on it for OCD. And so I will be on it for the rest of my life because OCD is very dangerous to white knuckle. And I totally know that. Totally. And so, but yes, for generalized anxiety, like how good does it feel not to have just this general feeling of dread? (laughs) Totally. Right. Totally. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. So I think I would take a day off and be like, so stoked that I could take, you know, that I or like a couple days. I'm like, yes. Okay. So this isn't a problem. And then I go right back and I'm a firm believer. And I love how you say like AA kept you drinking because hands down here also, right? Like, yes. Did I qualify for that? No, I didn't even know I could stop. Right. I was just in that like turmoil of moderation, right? Like just that gnarly feedback loop of, okay, I took a day off. Awesome. I don't have a problem, but I don't like this. This feels like I have a problem. Or like I must be doing this wrong. Like there must be a better exactly. way to drink. Like if I could just figure yeah. out this like the key to drinking better because I'm not doing it right. Yeah. I like that you said gnarly feedback loop. That sounds – I don't know <laughs> if it's Massachusetts or California or both. but it's That's California. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is a gnarly feedback loop. <laughs> yes, it is. So I did dry Januaries and started right back up. And like you said, like it just picked back up, right? It gradual or whatever. So last December, 
I watched something that Annie Grace does like on trying to, you know, get people into her coaching. I'm like, we should do this. It was like 700 bucks. I'm like, you know, I don't, that's a lot of money. And I don't, yeah, I was talking to my husband about it and he's like, no, we'll just try to do dry January and see what happens. I'm like, okay. Yeah. He's like, that's free. Dry January is free. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the important thing to say is that I would have these conversations with him and he's like, you don't have a problem, like, which was helpful, but also not. Because he wasn't in, he he didn't feel the shame that you felt, right? right? And I think that that's really important to know that like when we feel the shame, we could share a life with somebody and they don't know. And so then they're telling us like, no, you're fine. Like that kind of feedback from husbands is common. It's like, I think you're overreacting. You're fine. Like you don't have to quit. You're fine. But we know, we know how we feel. And even if we can't say like, no, actually, I know you don't know this and I know you don't understand and you don't have to. I think that that's really important to know that like it's okay if our partners don't understand that the shame that I feel when I drink is corrosive and I don't, I don't like it anymore. And I think that we don't know to say that. We don't even know we can say that because then it's like, oh, good. Well, report to AA. (laughs) You're going to rehab, (laughs) you know, and you're like, wait, no, but it's not that either. Yeah. 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 So then did you do dry January together? He did damp January. I did dry January. And something felt we done I'd done dry January then, you know, summer September before. And I sat down on what was it? January second, because the first we had the, that New Year's Eve we had friends and my daughter's friend, like a family sleepover. And then mimosas on the first. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to start today. And then we had a couple of beers in the fridge and we went to the mountain and skied and snowboarded on the second. And so okay, I'm not, I'll tra- start tomorrow. It was like, I think a Monday or whatever. I'm not sure. But I mean, starting on a Monday is always good. <laughs> I love that. I always, <laughs> no, I'm the same. I'm the same. I always do this with sugar, which I'm like, well, obviously I can't start today. It's Wednesday. <laughs> like right. who else starts totally. anything on a Wednesday? Nobody, a monster. <laughs> and every year I try to do this introspective like journal workbook called unravel your year Um, where you pick a word of the year it's amazing it's this woman Susanna Conway who puts out this workbook and you kind of process through the last year okay and you set intentions for the next year um so I've been I don't do resolutions um but I every year I do like a word um, that kind of ties any goals in together of what you want to bring more of. And I remember Matt took my daughter out. And so I could just have some time in the house quiet to do this after the mountain, after we had gotten back from the mountain. And I had had like a beer at the mountain. And then I'm like, well, I need a little bit of a, you know, a buzz or something like to the habit of having like a drink while I did this or something to get the creative juices flowing. And I remember like mixing that that disgusting, like pink peach stuff. I can't even remember now. It's like the big drink, Aperol. (gasps) Oh, like an Aperol spritz thing? Yeah, like an Aperol spritz. And I just like- Did you mix it with Red Bull and orange juice and Mountain Dew and Captain Morgan? Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But that's all we had in the house because we were planning to start dry January and I was just like, why am I doing this? Right. And then I was like, I'm, I'm done. Like it was in that moment, something clicked and I knew I was done. I knew that like, 
this was going to be different. And I really went into that jar of January last year, knowing that it was going to be different. Wow. And so, you know, I read Annie Grace. You were in my ear like every day. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. Like I owe so much to you. Aww. And you're like, thank you. Thank you. And I think the thing that stuck with me the most that really clicked is like in one of your dry January podcasts last year, you were like, you guys, the 30 days is like the first mile. And I was like, okay, I'm not a runner. I'm not a, I'm a sprinter. I'm not a distance runner. So like that didn't click, but I backpack and I hike and I hike. Ooh, yeah. And every time I'm on a backpacking trip, like the first mile, the voice in my head is like, oh my God, this sucks. I can't do this. You're so weak. Yes. Like, stop, stop what you're doing. What are you yeah, doing? Stop. This just is the worst around. idea just you've ever around. had. Yes. Just yeah. stop now. Just, just, yeah. yeah. It's over. Just don't do it. Yes. And so I'm like, okay, I just had a different mindset. So I'm like, I knew I was going to do like, I was shooting for like 90 or a hundred days. And in Feb- mid-February, um, a friend of ours owns a brewery. Um, and so we went to the brewery and I had like half of a beer and I did not like how it made me feel at all. Um, and I was okay. Good data point. Yes. Good data collection. And then I was just about a hundred days and we went to a new friend's house. So he had, we've known him for like 15 years. He from early, early in moving to San Diego and they just moved to our area and I was meeting his girlfriend for the first time. And it was an instance where I would have had a lot of social anxiety, a lot of like anticipatory anxiety leading up. And I had none. And I was like, wow, this wow, is interesting. Right. No anxiety. And I was getting ready and I'm like, okay, this is, this feels cool. We got there and, you know, multiple times, what can I get you to drink? What can I get you to drink? And I had brought in, um, I brought like my own, like a couple of NA beers um, and then, like a couple of seltzer waters. And, you know, my daughter, she was four at the time, overheard like him saying like multiple times, like, what can I get you to drink? And, my daughter answered for me and said, my mom doesn't really drink alcohol anymore. And I, it was like this pivotal night where I was like, my anxiety is down and I'm like, yeah, I just did dry January and I'm keeping it going. I'm almost at a hundred days and I'm going to see what happens, but I think I'm done. And that's been kind of my answer. And the fact that she noticed right and she was aware well I had I had mentioned it to her like we I had talked you know just like and you know yeah you can share all of my drinks now right and I think that is the biggest thing that she noticed and that's all it meant to her I think yeah and you know and being able to drive my husband home after he had like so many glasses of red wine and waking up the that morning like in getting ready for this I looked at my old gratitude. And the the morning after that, I, you know, I was grateful for waking up early coffee and reading that morning and not being hungover. And, you know, my husband woke up after like too much red. I don't think there's anything worse than too much red wine. It's just like this headache that you can just, I can like feel it right now. And I love that when it's like a sliding doors moment and you're like, look at me and look at you (laughs) and like, yay, (laughs) totally. (laughs) you don't even have to say anything. You're just like, oh, good morning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that was a turning point. And then a couple of weeks after that, my daughter and I went to Florida to go visit my parents 
And my a high school friend who I told that I, you know, wasn't drinking and it wasn't a big deal. And she offered me like one of my favorite drinks, like Casamigas tequila with like a splash of orange juice and spindrift. I'm like, sure, you can make me one. Yeah. I had like a handful of sips and I had an instant headache and I didn't have the rest. And and that's the last, and that was in April of last year. And, but I consider myself a full year sober. I'm not counting. Like I don't count. I'm like, I'm a year sober, I'm a year alcohol free. Yes. Right? Like those are data point collections. Like there's so much value in those. And the counting days and the restart, I think, is just, it's not for me. Good. Um, yeah, it can feel punitive. Some people, but yeah. That's what stuck out to me in your story as you're telling me this. It's like, and, and I know you started off by being like, no, I'm like, you're sober. I'm like, good. And when you said all of those things, I'm like, no, good. You are a year sober. Because yeah. there's such a difference between this like mindless habitual drinking, right? When you're just like going to put Aperol with Gatorade. You didn't do that, but you know, whatever. <laughs> and, um, yeah. But then just like having a seven being like, oh, holy shit. I now can see this is ethanol. I now can feel how it's affecting me. I now like my eyes are wide open. And that is so mm-hmm. much more valuable than white knuckling it and being like, no, just so that I can get this day and count this day. It's like, no, that day probably counts more than any other of the any other totally. days that you went through. Right. And so you better count that day. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, and, and I think I also, I made a list of firsts and, you know, first camping trip, first van trip, first birthday, first 4th of July, all the things. And yeah, I think my anxiety has plummeted, oh, right? Like amazing. I think is the most telling thing. You know, I, we have a good friend who also stopped drinking um, and he was like six months ahead of me. So he stopped drinking the summer before I did. Um, so he's a year, a year and a half sober now. And he told my husband who told me like at 90 days is when your like brain chemicals return, like your serotonin, your dopamine. And at 90 to hundred days, I remember I'm like, Oh my gosh, I haven't felt joy like this in so long. Yes. And I think all the feelings come back, right? Like when I'm anxious, yes, sometimes it feels worse, but when I feel joy, it's so much better. Uh, when I feel calm, it's calmer. When I feel sad, it can be sadder, but it's all the things feel more, which I think is how we're supposed to be feeling. Yes, right? It is. Who knew? <laughs> and that we can. <gasps> right, right. I'm a therapist. And, and, you know, one of the things I tell my clients all the time to reduce that, you know, that judgment loop we have in our heads about how we feel is we are all just humans, like navigating and having this human experience. And every emotion we feel is part of that. And just not dulling it with any substance, you know, with alcohol is like a substance. Yeah. Right. It's so true. And, and that we just don't even give ourselves enough credit to know that we can, we can feel our feelings, all of them. All right. of them. And right? we're like, supposed to. Yes, we're yeah. supposed to. It's a guide for us. Like, you're alive. Like, and that's great, you know? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's your favorite part about sobriety? And, like, if you could tell somebody who was kind of just wrapping up dry January and being like, mm-hmm. okay, great. Yeah, fine. I feel okay. But, like, what's ahead? I think all of the new things that you can experience sober, right? Like, 
you know, for someone who's just wrapping up dry January, I'd say like get to 90 and then see, right? Because you, you just, you just ran the first mile and it sucks. It sucks. It's so hard. It sucks. Yeah. It only gets better. It only gets better. And even I'm still experiencing all like the novelties of, you know, I've done a, a lot of the firsts, but it's still now it's a whole new journey of getting more time. And yeah, it just doesn't wear off. And it's like, I'm still mm-hmm. experiencing first and I hope I always will. Right. And, and like noticing and just being like, oh no, this is what it feels like to just be alive and be awake and like notice and be clear minded and all of the things. Right. And it doesn't wear off. Yeah. Like I hope it never does. Right. Yeah. It never gets old being able to drive at any time. And I know that I am changing things for my daughter, right? Like in hindsight, like looking back and I've had conversations with my parents about this over the past year. Uh, My mom is one of those unicorns, right? Who like, when I say she drinks every night, she in looking back, like that's how I viewed it as a kid. But now she pours like a small glass of white wine with like 15 ice cubes and she will <laughs> sip on that the entire night and like but maybe have like five sips of it and, and and she dumps out like a full glass of like watered down wine she is a so unicorn. she's not drinking a full glass of wine right every night but just also witnessing like what that looked like for me as a kid and and the, what that you know set up yes Really, it never gets old modeling to my kid that I can be fun and silly and goofy and have a happy full life and not need alcohol. Yes. Oh, and like with no shame, with no shame, right. like right. shedding that shame is like mm-hmm. the most freeing, I think, too. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. This is going to help so many women. And like I always say, I think that these are the most important stories to tell where we thought we didn't qualify and we thought that we just had to do it better and something was wrong with us. And then when we realized like, oh, wait, I could just step out, step out of it into freedom. Yeah. Yeah. These are the stories that I needed to hear. And listening to these stories also, you know, helped so much. So like I said, you were in my ear all last year and I appreciate what you're doing so much. It's so needed. Thank you. I'm honored to even be a, a part of your journey. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like 
why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.